0: Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more, Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land, and enjoy peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the righteous, and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword, and bend the bow, to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose ways are upright. But their swords will pierce their own hearts, and their bows will be broken. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In times of famine, they will enjoy plenty. But the wicked will perish. Though the Lord's enemies are like the flowers of the field, they will be consumed, they will go up in smoke. The wicked borrow the wicked borrow and do not repay. But the righteous give generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses will be destroyed.
1: Good evening all. It's good to see you guys. Um, i I haven't met you, my name's Ed, Senior Minister here at OSC. It's a pretty um, wonderful day we've had today, as we've celebrated Commitment Sunday across the day. If you're not sure what Commitment Sunday is, um, each year as a church, we spend a month praying and thinking about how we will give or commit financially for the year ahead. And it's for everyone. Whether you work at Macca's on your $9 an hour, whether you're working full time, whether you're just getting stuff from the government, it's for everyone. Because we're all one church, whether we're at 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 4 o'clock or 6.30. And so it's been a privilege today to to meet with church, to sit under God's word and uh, think about what it is we're going to commit to for next year. I'm booming a little bit, if that's okay. All right, so have you got 30, Psalm 37 open? It's a ripper of a psalm, really different. I don't know if you know it super well. Uh, I'm going to unpack it, and so get your fingers on the psalm. If you've got your um, device, be ready to go up and down a little bit. Um, we're going to we're going to have a look at this psalm together. So every morning, that guy up the street who's been through his midlife crisis drives his Hyundai 30 k's an hour over the speed limit past your bedroom as you try and sleep in. And he never gets caught. Your neighbour with his hydroponic plant business suddenly installs a 14 person hot tub powered by a Tesla battery factory. That school teacher, who for the last six years has ensured that you and your Christian friends never get a leadership position, where well you come back from lockdown and they are promoted to deputy principal. On Instagram, you see people that you went to school with who mocked you for being a Christian. They're now CEO of their own company. Last night, you get home, you're watching a documentary on YouTube about how all the rich have got richer through the pandemic. When does the success of evildoers make your guts churn? When does the success of people who have no faith in Jesus just make your guts churn? Now, it's going to be in one or more spheres of life, isn't it? It could be in your home, your, your home, your, the home you go home to tonight, where you're a Christian and someone's not a Christian in your home, but they just keep getting success and you're struggling. It may be in Orange, in your school or university or wherever you work, and it just feels like non-Christians just... Keep finding a way of getting ahead of you, and you're struggling, or maybe just in the world. And you look at it and go, "How does it happen that Afghanistan has gone that way again?" Or Facebook does what it does with all my data, or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You see, life is warped. And then every Saturday afternoon, you prepare your heart to come through these doors at 6:30, and you think, "What's the point?" What's the point of trying to be honest, sacrificial, generous, faithful? If I spent my life moulding truth, it's called lying, but we now call it moulding truth, self-pursuit, greed, and a life without God, that'll get me ahead in orange. Well, tonight, God has got something to say to us in Psalm 37. And if you're a God, one of God's people... He wants you to engage wisely in a warped world. And it's really pertinent tonight, really relevant tonight at Commitment Sunday because Commitment Sunday is so much more than money. Over the next four weeks, you might say, I'm gonna give five bucks a month next year. It's tiny, right? What's it gonna do? Because Commitment Sunday is so much more than money. Commitment Sunday is all about who you commit your life to. Because financial giving is the overflow of who we trust. Get that? Financial giving is always the overflow of who you trust. And everything in your life tells you to trust yourself. But in Psalm 37, God says, commit yourself to God in a warped world. That's where we're going tonight. Will you pray with me as we ask God for help? Father God, we thank you so much that you see our churning stomachs. You see when we feel it's so unfair and you speak words of truth and wisdom to us. God, help us to listen tonight as your people. Help us to think about what is is wise in this world. And we pray for this for Jesus' name. Amen. So point one, life through our eyes. Psalm 37 begins with what appears to be a very unhelpful sentence. See it there, verse one? Do not fret. Hands up if you love your parents telling you to stop being stressed when you're stressed. Does that work for you? Stop being stressed. Yeah, I I, I get it, right? No, it doesn't work. But here David's going, do not fret. Well, I think we've got to unpack what this word fret means. We don't use the word fret. In the 21st century, what does the word mean? Well, the word is more than worry. The word is more like this, bubbling anger. It's the frustration or agitation you feel. And you see there in verse 1, it's linked to envy. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. What David is saying is, you know that feeling when you look over your back fence and they have the iPhone 13 and you go, why them and not me? That's envy. And that is linked to fretting. It's the anger that churns in your stomach when you think it's not fair. So what causes this anger and envy in our stomachs? Well, it's the success of evil people. And as you are listening to the Bible reading, seven times they are called The wicked. Sounds a bit scary, right? But we've got to unpack what this word, the wicked, means. Because your minds just immediately went to Harvey Weinstein, right? He is the wicked. Or or Hitler, or fill in the blanks. There's lots of wicked. And up on the screen, the Ku Klux Klan and these mostly men of history. But actually in the Bible, the wicked are not those who are disobedient, but disconnected, okay? The wicked are those who do not have a covenant connection with God and a good relationship with God. And the righteous are not those who are well behaved. The righteous are those who are connected to God through a covenant relationship. So if you're sitting here tonight, whether you're 15 or 90, and you have a friendship or a relationship with God, through Jesus, you're the righteous. And in this passage, those who are disconnected are the opposite. Now, behaviour flows from connection, not defines connection. Get that? Your behaviour will flow from who you're connected to It doesn't define who you're connected to. Okay? So look at chapter 37b. 7 So second half of the sentence. David says, Do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their schemes. David says, The non-believer. Not just Hitler. Just the non-believer, the disconnected, does whatever they want And does it well. It can be at school, can't it? The bully at school becomes school captain. Oh, man. The jerk boss at Macca's or wherever you work that you just go, I just do not want to see them. I go to work, I avoid them. Yeah, it can be them. It can be the corrupt government. It can be your rich neighbour. But actually, it could include all the beautiful people of Orange who yesterday put on their shirts, shorts and T-shirt and sat under trees and enjoyed life. Because they're disconnected with Jesus. Or it could be our great wise grandma, who's wonderful but is disconnected to Jesus. And David describes these people as a green tree. See there on verse 35, I think it's on the screen. I've seen a wicked and ruthless man or woman flourishing like a luxuriant native tree. What's the picture? Think huge, strong, wide, tall, covered green tree. Beautiful, successful. And it slots into life in orange like a native tree. Native. The climate is right. The soil is right. The politics right. The wicked belong. And the righteous, you, are like an import. You just don't fit. So easy to be angry, isn't it? God, it's not fair. I'm meant to be on your team and I don't fit. This was Israel's response. 3,000 years ago, Israel was sitting there and they were going, Oh, Egypt, successful. Syria, successful. Us, we're struggling. We're getting people trying to hurt us on all our borders. Same as today. It's a great book I'm reading at the moment. He says this, The secular agenda has been presented to the world with a great deal of emotion, cleverness and human story. While the church now comes across as cold, foolish and inhuman. Here it is. Shame has moved from the ungodliness to the godliness. It is now more embarrassing to say you're a Christian at school than to say you're addicted to porn. It's more shameful to be a proud sinner than to say you're a Christian. I think i said it the wrong way. But you get it. So how should the righteous respond? We'll look at verse 8. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. Hear it? It leads only to evil. See what God's word says? Do not fret. Why? Because your fretting, churning, anger leads to sin. It does, doesn't it? When you look at your friend who gets the latest phone every time, it just leads to jealousy in your heart. They enjoy the phone. You get jealous. It leads to greed. Oh, it leads to selfishness. Envy leads to sin. Now, hear this. The Bible doesn't say repress your feelings. It never says repress your feelings. But the Bible also says life is not a Disney story. Not every two hours, life isn't going to be okay for you. That's Disney. It's not life. What God's word says is this. Instead of anger and envy, do this. Oh, we're still on that picture. We go maybe quite a few more. There it is. See life through God's eyes. There's a famous proverb which says this. We can't see the woods for the trees. It's a weird proverb. But what it's trying to say is this. Is if you're so focused on the tree in front of you, you can't see the big picture. And what God's word here is saying to us is, we sometimes need to step back or step at a different angle to see what's really going on. Now, you and me, we live in what's called the instant world. You know this. And our world says, you don't need to be impatient. Sorry, you need to be impatient. You need to be happy now. So whatever you want in life, you should be able to have it now. It's kind of the mantra of secular world. And so the wicked go, well, that sounds great. And they just go and do it. They want to have sex, they go and have it now. They want to have the latest toys, they go and get it now. Because they will use everything in their life to get their personal happiness now. And what that does for Christians is it makes us fret. Because it doesn't work with our world view. And so Psalm 37 says this. Come and see the world from God's view. The wicked are temporary. See there in verse 2? For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. It's a striking image, even if you only live in an apartment. Because with spring rains, grass turns green. Drive home tonight, your lights will show lots of green grass. In five months' time, every lawn in orange will be brown the pastures around orange will be brown because the heat of summer and the frost of winter will just remove it. It'll kill it. And in the economy of God, the wicked are like grass. Here today, gone tomorrow. So it doesn't matter how loud or angry the popular writer or Instagrammer is or your teacher or your uni professor or the influencer is, they're a passing plant. In God's eyes, they're a passing plant. Do you remember our native tree? Verse 35, remember it? I've seen a wicked and ruthless man or woman flourishing like a luxuriant native tree. There's verse 36. Have a look at it. But he and she soon passed away and was no more. Though I looked for them, they could not be found. The wicked's destiny is defeat. Defeat. If you get to study this psalm, you'll notice that there's lots of couplets and each of the couplets say the same thing. It tells you the destiny of the righteous and the destiny of the wicked, the disconnected. And here's an example in verses 9 and 10. For those who are evil, disconnected, will be destroyed. But those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. I know it feels like those who are disconnected to Jesus feel unstoppable right now. And they do. But they will be destroyed. They may have temporary success, but the sin that stains their life will lead to a breakdown of life. Do You hear that? The choices you make with sin always come back to to hit you later on. That's how sin works. Promises you the world and then eats you alive. And look at verse 15. Their own swords will pierce their own hearts. Now the wicked are not harmless or painless, but they're doomed. Because from God's perspective, it is foolish to oppose the living God. So look at verse 12. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But verse 13, But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. Now, as Christians, if you're a Christian here tonight, you not only can look through the world through David's eyes, you can look through the world through God's eyes after the cross of Jesus. Because Jesus Christ, Son of God, came to earth, died on a cross 2,000 years ago. And at that moment, the wicked arrived at their destiny. Because what happened on that cross is more than Jesus forgives you. Because what happened on the cross is the powers and principalities of evil were defeated once and for all. And then on the resurrection of Jesus, the bodily resurrection of Jesus, he announced the end times. A future world without evil and sin. And that is why I love this little story between Jesus and Caiaphas. You may have never heard of Caiaphas. Caiaphas was a religious leader, powerful, powerful man when Jesus was alive. And he was trying to get Jesus put to death. Okay? This is what Jesus said to him. But I say to all of you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Jesus says, Caiaphas, everyone, you will kneel before the risen Jesus. Evil never wins. And that's because our God knows the days. I'm married. I'm married to a beautiful woman called Jill. We've been married 16 years. And my wife is stunning, but she's imperfect. She reads the end of books before the beginning. Now, later on, we're going to have a confession where you can come up and do... No, 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 we do not do that. She watches the end of movies before they start. She said, I said, why do you do it, darling? There was no darling. Why do you do it? She goes, it takes the stress out. That's kind of understandable. Um, but super frustrating, right? You don't We don't, we don't go to the movies together. Um, here we can read the end of the story. I'm read the end of the story. Look at verse 13. The Lord laughs at the wicked. He knows their day is coming. Verse 18, five verses lower. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care and their inheritance will endure forever. Do you know that God knows your days? He knows the future for the disconnected, the day they will perish And he knows the future for you if you are righteous, connected to Jesus. He will care for you every single day. And he will get you to eternal inheritance. Jesus encourages his own disciples with this truth. It's on the screen. Everyone will hate you because of me. But not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm. You will win life. Perspective changes your life. The righteous are under God's care every day and have eternal inheritance secure. That's because we know the end. So, remember the story at the beginning? Where does life churn your guts and it make you feel this is not unfair? Now you go back, where is it? Is it in your family? Is it in your town? Is it in the world? Where is it? What are you going to do? Look at verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Not God saying to you tonight, look less at the evildoer and all their success and more at the Lord Jesus. And decide to trust Jesus because you see life through his eyes. And he invites you to be something totally weird meek. Look at verse 11. But the meek. Will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Our world says the jerk will win, the arrogant will win, the proud will win. The Bible says the weak will win. Now, the meek are not fluffy sheep. To be meek is not to be scared of people, to be meek is not to just do what anyone says. No, no, the meek are those who trust God's timing. The meek are those who are dependent on God. Who say, God, I'm going to depend on you to bring vindication for those who love you. And the meek win. How do I know it? Well, Jesus quotes this verse. King Jesus, look at it. Matthew 5.8, blessed are the meek. For they will inherit not a land. You're not going to get a farm. You're not going to get Israel. You get the whole earth. If you are meek. If you depend on Jesus. Because the final name on the title of the world will not be the person who cheats, elbows or prances. It will not be the strong or the violent. It will not be the greedy. It's the person who's meek. Who trusts the Lord Jesus. So what does trusting Jesus look like? Verse 4. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. David says, train your heart to capture what the Lord has done for you. Seven days a week you are trained to capture what the world wants you to have. The Bible says, train your heart to remember what Jesus has given you. You will never have every toy, but you've got the Holy Spirit. You will not get everyone to like you on Instagram, but you have 100% forgiveness. You will not get this world now, but you have an eternal inheritance. If you don't memorise scripture, start tonight. Because as you memorise the Bible, it will help you to trust and train your heart to remember God and delight in Him. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will do this. The word commit there is make a decision to never take the path of wickedness. You want to be school captain? You say, I'm never going to use wickedness to get there. I want a promotion at work? I'm never going to use wickedness to get there. I want a girlfriend, boyfriend, sex, and sexual pleasure? I'm never going to use wickedness to get that. I want it. I'm human. But I'm not going to use it to get there. I'm going to trust the Lord. I want affection. I want acceptance. I want to be known and seen. I'm never going to use wickedness to get there. I'm going to trust the lord that's the commitment take a bold decision to commit your way to the lord and then verse 7 be still before the lord wait patiently for him when the noise of life is overwhelming rather than filling your noise with whether filling your world with more noise be still before the lord Listen to him. Wait patiently for him. He is in control. He knows our days. So commitment month. As you prepare for your commitment for next year, and please do not think if you're 15 here tonight, we don't want you to do it. We do. We want to do this every year till we meet Jesus. As you prepare your heart, where are you going to look? Are you going to look at, over the fence at home and go, oh, I want that, whatever that is? Are you going to look at your friends at school or at uni and go, oh, I wish I had that? Are you going to look at your superannuation, bank balance? Or are you going to turn your eyes to Jesus. Because where we look and who we trust shapes our giving. Hear that? Where we look, who we trust, shapes our giving. Verse 21. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. The wicked, the disconnected, they borrow and do not repay. Why? Because money is for them. They use their money for them. The righteous give generously. They don't see their money as their own, but they give generously. Why? To bless others. Because they see life through God's eyes, and they know we are cared for, and we know the future. So we commit ourselves and even our money to the Lord. So, what's Commitment Month all about? Who do you trust? Where are your eyes? Where do you find great safety? We're going to lift our eyes above the amount we write down and look to Jesus. Because there's no shortage of what Jesus will give of himself to you. Because we know that at the cross. Let me pray. Gracious God, you are so, so trustworthy. Lord, help church at 630 to help one another look to you, to see life through your eyes, to know we are cared for, to know you know our days. And may we do the only logical thing, which is to commit our lives to you with joy and delight. In Jesus' name, amen.